0: Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is
1: Believe.
0: Welcome to After Hours with Defoe and Luby, Jump DeForest, and Mike Luby Lubitz with you on the Believe Network, and a pleasure to be with you on what could have been kind of a, an off uh, sort of weirdo day. In the sporting world, (laughs) we had so many things to consume over the weekend uh, with uh, all kinds of different activity of a major level in virtually every sport. You had baseball getting underway uh, this past weekend. Of course, the Masters was gripped with the story about Tiger Woods. And uh, we we didn't get any further, did we, in our investigation? Mike Luby-Lubitz, how are you, by the way, on this fine uh, Tuesday?
1: I am doing well, sir. Uh, I don't think we've gotten any further in any investigation. That's sort of our our MO. Uh, How are you doing? I couldn't be
0: better. I mean, uh, we did try to launch an investigation into uh, whether or not uh, the assertion was true that CBS tried to have the rules (laughs) liberalized on the greens for Tiger Woods after the disastrous round that he had on Saturday. So they would have some reason to justify showing every shot from his closing round after firing a very ugly 78. Now, taking nothing away from Tiger Woods for giving it a go, uh, for making it a very exciting story on opening day. But uh, by the time he got around to day number four, and I don't mean to uh, diminish uh, his accomplishments at all, but uh, he, he really was uh, walking around like verbal Kent, in the usual <laughs> suspect, the Kevin Spacey character, you know, that had the limp. Uh, except it wasn't really a limp because he was really fine, and he was really Kaiser Sose. <laughs> Which Tiger Woods was viewed as, I mean, you know, you would say Tiger Woods uh, to the fans and they would go, yeah, yeah, Tiger Woods. But you'd say Tiger Woods to other golfers, except for those like Phil that knew that they were cashing lavish amounts of paychecks and and endorsement money that Tiger had to turn down. Right. I mean, imagine Tiger takes Buick and uh, you're like, yeah, yeah. Give me a call, Cadillac.
1: (laughs) Whatever. I mean, exactly. Exactly.
0: You're ready to draft in behind him and, uh, you know, kind of uh, take his leftovers, right? It was like following Hugh Hefner around uh, when it came to babes. Uh, you're like, uh, really? Okay. You're not interested in her? You?
1: Okay. <laughs> Works for me. That'll be great.
0: <laughs> but we, we thought that CBS uh, had requested from the PGA uh, commissioner that they uh, were allowed to make the holes bigger on the green when Tiger was putting and then also equip them with vacuum suction. <laughs> so that uh, from wherever Tiger Woods was and and it would have been crazy because uh, they would have had to really uh, have escalated the suction to a level I mean imagine he's 50 feet away you know how are you going to get that ball you know to just gravitate right towards the hole and uh, then the problem was it also sucked up several species of those phony birds that CBS <laughs> was <laughs> and by the way CBS well, well, why don't you just drop it with the birds already we, we know the they're not real yeah. right and, and yet I mean they have and, and they keep You know, uh, making exponential uh, raises in the level of bird noises that they have as the tournament uh, progresses towards uh, the final grouping or final pairing in in, uh, the last round of the tournament because these birds essentially are chirping around like 13, 14, and 15, right? Amen (laughs) Corner. (laughs) Hello, friends. Those bird noises you (laughs) hear aren't real.
1: And, and, uh, like you know, they, they've taken, <laughs> and even having like jungle birds, uh, you know, emanating exactly. from uh, the trees and the
0: bushes back there.
1: Woo, woo, ah, ah. It's like gorillas.
0: The orangutans are climbing through the it's bushes. Uh, it's amazing. Anyway, I mean, uh, there, there was all of that over the weekend, uh, including yep. uh, the you know, controversies about Tiger Woods. So uh, once again, being a participant and then he says he's going to play in the open there because he loves St. Andrews where the uh, tournament is taking place. Uh, Says it was his uh, favorite course is his favorite course in the world to play. So he's definitely playing there might be involved in a PGA, but uh, you know, by by the time he got around to uh, the final round it it almost was like the myth of the Sisyphus where, you know, he he was climbing uphill only to be pushed back down by like Bubba Watson back to the (laughs) bottom and have to climb his way back up again, back to back seventy eights. if he'd shot those in the first two rounds, I don't know that we have a story, but uh, you know, he he was very good for a couple of rounds and uh, you know, kind of inspiring i guess and is it a kinder gentler tiger woods do you believe that mike luby lubitz or do you think it's all a fraud
1: it may be for fraudulent reasons but i think it's legitimate i mean the fact that when he was done he had his kids there the girlfriend and he knows he's being camered no matter what he does so it's it feels like he's accepting this next chapter of life and he really likes playing golf and he thinks he can compete so he wants to keep out of it the way he's already said he's going to play in The British Open or The Open, whatever the hell you call it. Um, But it feels like this is the guy he's always wanted to be and is finally letting himself become.
0: I think only Seabiscuit had a more uh, spectacular comeback (laughs) from injury than uh, (laughs) Tiger Woods. Only Seabiscuit was a closer, right? Yes. Uh, I mean, so that was going on. You had Major League Baseball, all kinds of developments in Major League Baseball. Uh, the season essentially kicked off and you started to get into uh, some kind of a rhythm with the series. We, of course, experiencing the misery with our uh, Miami Marlins here in South Florida as they managed to lose two of three to open a weekend uh, to San Francisco. And then last night, uh, you know, it was ugliness, right? Pleasure. Don Manningly, Donnie Baseball gets kicked out of a game.
1: Mm.
0: How bad must the umpiring be? Now they've gone to electronic <laughs> signaling for uh, sending the science out there. Joe Garagiola would be out of business right now, would he not, if he was announcing baseball? Because he was obsessed with the science, wasn't he? I know he was a former catcher, and you have a tendency to lean on what your experience is when you're doing commentary. Yeah. But, uh, I mean, h- how, how obsessed was this guy with the science? The other guy that was a catcher that was, uh, you know, considered an excellent commentator, and I liked him a lot because I was a fan of the Cardinals when he was playing for them. And, and of course, he, he was the uh, personal handyman for Steve Carlton, which uh, wasn't a bad gig to have. Later on with Philadelphia, but Tim McCarver with his analysis of the uh, soil variance as uh, like Lou Brock is coming to the plate. Well, you know what? I tell you what, uh, that, that soil over there is a little bit brown. Now, that means it's going to be safe to bunt. And, and, and if he bunts the ball down the third baseline, there's a pretty good chance it's going to kick all the way back and go foul over the first baseline, but past the bag. And, and Brock will have himself a double. And you're like, wow, <laughs> where, where did he get that theory from? That's really getting into uh, some serious detail. But you had baseball uh, cranking up uh, basketball. The NBA concluded the regular season. You have a play in game tonight, which uh, we'll get into a little bit here on after hours uh, with Defoe and Luby because nobody wants to face the Nets. Yeah, nobody wants to face the Nets, least of all you with your Miami Heat, (laughs) which uh, they could circle back in as the eighth seed. That's the thing. And now if the Nets lose tonight, they're playing the Cleveland Cavaliers and the Nets are at home in Brooklyn and they're eight and a half point favorites. So the odds makers not given to Cavs, who wrote a, a really, really good Cinderella story this year with a lot of good young players and a resurrection from the grave of one Kevin Love as uh, you would have thought Mike Love of the Beach Boys had a better (laughs) chance of having a big season for the Cavaliers. Kevin, man, I mean, uh, you know, uh, he was an admirable player. I mean, you would have to say that he had uh, an excellent career. No, Kevin Love?
1: He's had a good career. He's a borderline... A lot of people may make him a Hall of Famer because he did make a lot of All-Star games, put up a lot of rebounds and points, and did get a title with the Cavs. So he may get... And he went to four finals with the Cavs, so he may get in the hall. But he definitely has had a consistent career. He just decided to go join a team to win a title, and it sort of took away from his shine.
0: Did uh, Did Bob Love uh, get to the Hall of Fame? The old Chicago oh, Bull, Bob Love. I mean, I looked he, he was I great, great idea. player back in the day. I mean, that's uh, that's throwback stuff. Uh, Mike Luby, Lubitz. So uh, all of that was uh, going on, and uh, you know, it, you had uh, then come into – Monday night, uh, I was thinking there really isn't a whole lot of of choice here in in terms of uh, what to watch uh, on TV. Now, now you have a zillion different platforms doing sports now. So, I mean, even if uh, you're like a tennis freak like I am, and and I played a little tennis last night, so you're inspired maybe to watch some really good tennis. And, uh, you know, they got that Monte Carlo thing going, which, uh, wow, I could see why all of these guys. And that also is some kind of tax haven. For the rich, is it not Mike Luby Lewis? Uh, because yes, all of those is. tennis players lived in Monte Carlo, right? Yep, yep. Boris Becker, who's in a jackpot now, just got convicted of some kind of uh, bizarre financial fraud. Boris Becker is broke. Can you believe that? Really? I spent all my money on women. I mean, yes.
1: Well, I mean, I get in the area, the 80s wasn't like they're paid now. Now you can be last and get paid like San Francisco for winning five Wimbledons. But. I mean, he was in commercials and stuff. Like Becker must have made Becker some kind of big, money. Yeah, and it was a know. long what time. To this
0: guy? Just got convicted of like four counts of some kind of financial oh, fraud geez. for uh, actually uh, having assets while he had declared for bankruptcy. I don't see anything wrong with that, right? In some ways we're all bankrupt, are we not? Either morally or uh, spiritually, well, whatever. Louis, uh, in this case, I-, I can't imagine Boris Becker being broke. Well, well I mean, uh, what happened with Bjorn Borg that, that he had to sell that Wimbledon trophy? Remember, was he broke also? So, maybe Monte Carlo isn't such a great place to be for a financial <laughs> <laughs> portfolio. Anyway, what a beautiful place to have a tennis tournament. But I, I end up uh, watching the uh, WNBA draft for about five minutes. I love
1: that. I think that's the most. And oh, by I'm the thinking, way, I-, I know
0: nothing about the WNBA draft. 0.0, my friend. Mm-hmm. Uh, was Sue Bird eligible to be drafted? No. I don't think she's so. She's getting no, near no, the no, end. No, she's been of in late like 20 years already. What am I yeah, talking she's about? She's getting near the end. WNBA. Not but sure. uh, I, I, I got inspired nothing. because I'm thinking. I really want to do this, Luby, and uh, I, I'm not a draft freak uh, for NFL draft. I mean, I, I find it interesting, and uh, I started to tell the story uh, earlier uh, on our Ion Channel show, but I don't think I ever finished it. We, we got distracted there. Uh, about uh, the first time I covered an NFL draft uh, was at 83, and, and they, they televised it, and I was supposed to go out to the Dolphins training camp and, and get some reaction from the Dolphins, but I, I decided I, I had a horse I wanted to bet at, at a local racetrack called a race course. And I had a tip on a horse, and I thought, well, I can't go to the Dolphins practice facility because it's too far away from Calder. So I hooked up some kind of cockamamie way of recording uh, some of the clips off TV, figuring that when the Dolphins selected somebody, they would no doubt ESPN would have some quotes. They were televising this for the first time.
1: Yeah.
0: And uh, sure enough, I I, I was able to use that and bet the horse. The horse finished last. I I came back, and, uh, you know, that that was the year, uh, I guess – 83, right? was the Elway Um, Marino Marino
1: year. Yeah.
0: So if you ever wanted to be at the Dolphins training facility and and, uh, get the reaction of people to the fact that Marino fell into their lap Mm. at what was he? Number 26. Was was he that far down the totem
1: pole? It's like mid or low twenties. Somewhere in
0: there. I mean, after Tony Eason, after Todd Blackledge had been taken. Yep. My God. Well, I mean, they, they know the per- so many schminks.
1: They let the personal stuff get in the way a lot more than they do now. Like Marino had questionable stuff because of this and that, and they just disregarded that he was clearly the best quarterback in the draft by a lot. Like it wasn't even close. Or he was with Elway well, and Kelly. He was with L.A. and Kelly. He was with Elway and Kelly. The three of those were clearly the three guys you wanted, and if you got one of those three, you would be very happy. But the Blackledges and the Eastons were not in in the same category as Dan Marino that was known even there. no uh,
0: i mean that was uh, obvious because uh, you know Marino was great right from the start uh, unbelievable one of the few guys came in the league and just immediately lit it up dan marino was
1: picked 27 and he was a 27th. monster Can even you at imagine pittsburgh that Don <laughs> that's great oh
0: my god so anyway I, I i'm watching this wnba draft and thinking well uh, you know if you're ever going to get into an nfl draft it would be this year because it's in las vegas correct yep yes sir why wouldn't you want to go out there for that? Uh, you know, especially if you could get out there on some kind of uh, you know quasi media freebie. Yep. Which uh, I don't know if we would be entitled to, Libby. Uh, you know, uh, with our uh, no, we after write hours off. here on <laughs> the Believe Network. Uh, can you call Bron or any of the executives there uh, and uh, see if we can't get out there? Yeah, Bron, we met him on a radio road type of thing. Yes, they can give me for credentials the, uh, NFL, for the Super Bowl. I don't think yeah. they'd be on
1: their dime, but they can get us credentials and get us in. That they could definitely do
0: that's coming up in a couple of weeks so yes, so we spent some time out there in vegas and, and the reason i want to go out there is i, I really want to be gambling next to roger goodell
1: <laughs> you must be mr gambling now <laughs> I, I want to
0: hear goodell cursing out some officials you know because he's been one of the nba playoff games and going are
1: you kidding me donaghy was better than you and you're
0: thinking isn't that roger goodell
1: it's like Raj. <laughs> hey
0: Raj. Weren't you the guy that said that gambling and the uh, advent and, and the uh, you know whole idea that gambling was going to be legalized in various states? I, I think like Delaware had legalized gambling on some kind of Fugazi lottery. And Roger Goodell had felt compelled to come out with a statement and condemn this as the worst possible development that could ever hit the sports landscape. The evil infiltration of gambling exactly. and degenerate activity into the sporting world. And now, where is he going to be? He's going to be at the DraftKings tent.
1: (laughs) Exactly, with FanDuel. Sitting in that stupid chair that he had when he was down in the basement there as
0: they were trying to pull off the idea that, hey, this is good. We'll appear like we're really, uh, you know, uh, kind of one one big happy family here. Yeah, okay. Right? And I'll be in my basement uh, where my man cave is. And, uh, you know, never mind that, that phony hug, which is... Is that not the most the obnoxious move in all of sports, is it not? When, when the, the like, this 6'7 Alabama lineman comes out. And, you know, he's never met Goodell in his life. Uh, Goodell eventually is going to be suspending this kid for something. <laughs> and, <laughs> Goodell's in his little suit there, and he, he's not a small guy, but, wow. but, I mean, he literally looks like a Lilliputian when these guys start coming out of the... Uh, background there and take the stage and, and then they grab Goodell
1: and squeeze him like King Kong <laughs>
0: <laughs> In the movie I'm talking about. Yes. I, I don't it's, want to get into any kind I of... I like,
1: uh, of it's a movie reference to a, a big... It could be a white okay. guy. Let me, uh, let me it, just get off a, the hook that way. an animal reference in any way. Yeah. It's... The a juxtaposition of a big figure and a smaller figure. That's the idea. Well, I
0: mean, you know, he's you know, got the girl in the palm of his hand. Yes, that, that kind of thing. It's yeah, a small figure with a big figure. That's the idea, yes. It's a shame you got to <laughs> spend like know, 30 seconds distancing a- yourself from statements that are very basic. I just basic thought about
1: it. I'm like, wow. People harmless actually-
0: in principle. Yeah, I, as I said it, I was like, oh, geez.
1: Oh, shit, D.F.O. Is this Jerry Adler with guerrilla <laughs> no. tactics. I'm like, this would ruin us. Here's Venus oh, at the net. He couldn't
0: have just said, here's Venus at the net. <laughs> and that guy from the New York Times wouldn't have, uh, you know, uh, taken his quote completely oh out of God. context, you know, so badly so that the guy never worked again. Unbelievable. We don't need that right now because I, I need a couple of more years of this, yes, uh, as I was saying.
1: We're just starting.
0: I mean, uh, you know, uh, considering their position on gambling, it, it's just so great that they not only have a team there, but on top of that, they're holding the, the draft it. there, and uh, you know, and, and Goodell is going to be embracing all of this. Yep. Where just a few short years ago, I mean, he came out. I mean, you would have thought it was like Mitch McConnell talking about one of Biden's (laughs) new policies. Exactly. (laughs) This is the worst idea in the history of America, modern and otherwise.
1: Gambling is the ruination of America. Fast forward two years later. DraftKings, Caesars, Mirage, we love you.
0: Yeah, I mean, uh, well, Roger be betting nineteen parlays once the season rolls around. (laughs) Meanwhile, he suspended that poor Ridley kid for uh, even mentioning gambling.
1: (laughs) Exactly. (laughs) They're How absurd Vegas. is that? I
0: mean, you talk about hypocrisies, uh, you know, and the whole thing with Will Smith. Oh, yeah. And, uh, you know, uh, who cares if he comes to the next 10 Oscar presentations? I mean, it's less likely that he'll, uh, Never you win know, it. treat uh, Chris Rock as if he was Manny Pacquiao. I mean, <laughs> just come smack on. him in the face as a greeting. <laughs> come on, hit me. <laughs> Unbelievable. But, um, yeah, and, and, and then, you know, we, we usually uh, in South Florida, people were obsessed with the draft for many, many years. And uh, I don't know. It's an interesting process because, uh, what, you get some you know idea, maybe, as to the thinking of various clubs and organizations and you can see why certain teams always fail and others uh, usually prosper because uh, they always make the shrewd moves in the draft. The most baffling thing, Luby, for me over the years is how absolutely blind scouts are in virtually every sport. Oh, yeah. Why do they employ these supposed experts at uh, scoping out talent when, when they, you know, they, they literally can't pick their nose when it comes to the draft. It's... It's incredible to me. It really is. How many failures there are? Is it just that you're dreaming that you want guys to be better than they could possibly yeah. ever be projected to be?
1: Yes. The draft's always about uh, potential, not what you see. That, that was, that's the problem with the draft. It's like Russell Wilson was established to be legitimately good, but you were hoping Ryan Tannehill would be better. Like, Andrew Luck was one thing, and RG3 was another thing. Because RG3 actually had success. He just got hurt, and the Washington football team totally mishandled him. But Ryan Tannehill was not better than Russell Wilson and was never going to be better than Russell Wilson. But Ryan Tannehill was 6'4", and had a cannon, and was athletic, and Russell Wilson was 5'10", 5'11", and had played Five baseball.
0: Nine, he, I mean, that's in Frenchie Fuqua's shoes. Exactly.
1: So, there you're going with, well, Ryan Tannehill, even though he's a receiver and really has no idea how to be a quarterback. And every time we watched him in AM, he was turning it over and ruining their chances at winning. But he's big and strong. He's going to be better than Russell Wilson. No. I mean, Russell Wilson was great at NC State and great at Wisconsin. Almost won a Rose Bowl and almost won a Heisman. You know, like, it was clear. But scouts and executives are going off a of prospect that's what they always do they always talk about well the ceiling the ce-. what about this <laughs> like what about what I'm watching right now so Wilson <laughs> and Ryan Daniel. I was just saying like that to yeah. me was the epitome of looking at prospect over what we've seen
0: and then you saw it well and, uh, you know there's always going to be an issue about uh the smallish quarterback although it seems to be less of an issue today and maybe it's becoming an issue again it's going back again yep yes Where you have like a Kyler Murray and uh, all of a sudden he's like disgruntled after having a season where it looked like he was going to be the MVP and uh, that the Arizona Cardinals are going to be the cream of the crop. I remember talking to various experts about two thirds of the way through the season and we ask any number of guys, our NFL insiders that appear on our various platforms and shows, hey, are the Arizona Cardinals for real, right? I mean, a standard stock and trade question. You take the team that's in first place, that's killing everybody and you ask if they're for real. Phoenix Suns would be the same thing going into the playoffs. If so the Phoenix Suns for real, you'd have to say uh, yes real. to that. Every one of them said, oh, yeah, yeah, Arizona's for real. Then they lost, like, their next six games. <laughs> Cliff Kingsbury looks like a fool, and Kyler Murray, it turns out, is a disgruntled malcontent who uh, really can't play the position. That happened very quickly, I mean, uh, that whole turnaround.
1: Well, the whole thing is funny it's because we just started to accept the small guy. Mayfield goes one. Kyler Murray goes one uh, and then now you have Lamar Allen Jackson, yeah. and then now you have Allen Herbert and Burrow these big strong strapping dudes that aren't known to be accurate but it doesn't matter they're so big and strong that they can make up for it and now Murray Mayfield and Tua are things of the past that people don't want anymore and they want to go back to the big strong strapping guy it's it's funny that it's sort of cyclical
0: I took a, a prompt that uh Baker Mayfield will be starting for Saskatchewan this year. <laughs>
1: <laughs> <laughs> now,
0: uh, zero interest Someone's in this guy. guy now, was he that bad, Baker Mayfield? I, I know uh, okay. last year I thought he played on, on, on guts. I mean, he had the injured shoulder the entire season, and he looked so dedicated to the team that he wouldn't even, like, take a week off. Yep. And, and you know, it wasn't like he was uh, razor sharp last year, but, uh, you know, he, he wasn't. That horrendous, was he, that uh, not only do you get rid of him and not extend his contract past his rookie contract because you don't want to make the investment in the kid, but no other team has any interest in Baker Mayfield. And, and Jimmy G, I, I, I don't know how he ended up starting for San Francisco. I, I thought he was a liability. And that and the whole game plan for the 49ers was to, uh, you know, and this is terrible when you have a quarterback and, and uh, the position that you have to take on him is, uh, please, Don't let him make an horrendous mistake.
1: (laughs) You're just like, oh, no, oh, no, oh, no. no." (laughs) Because
0: you know it's coming. I mean, you you know he's going to throw some sacrifice fly out there that, uh, you know, they're going to invoke the infield fly rule on one of his passes (laughs) and, and, you know, give the ball to the other team. But uh, it seems like, I, I don't know, wasn't there some trade interest in this guy? Nothing, huh? zero and that's
1: the thing is it's a league that right now outside of like 10 or so quarterbacks there's a lot of "Eh." starved
0: for quarterbacks there's a lot of "Eh."
1: so like i as much crap as i gave mayfield because i with the browns didn't know if he was worth that next big contract he's better than a lot that's like what the steelers are doing i'm sorry trubisky because he sat there with the bills and learned and just took it all in is not better than mayfield mayfield to this point has been a better quarterback than mitch trubisky so that's what's interesting is that the Steelers would rather give him money than Mayfield, who I guess still thinks he's a starter and wants all that big money.
0: Maybe so. I, I don't know what he, I, you know. I, I see him getting some kind of Jameis Winston deal. You should. Where you know, not not that I'm any it's expert on NFL transactions, but uh, I'm thinking uh, you know he gets a one or two year contract uh, with like one year of it basically guaranteed, and uh, it's uh, like show it to me. You know, if you're going to be any good, then, then you have a chance to either be a free agent or reestablish yourself or, or we'll sign you here because we still have you sign to a second season or something. But uh, that, that'll that be interesting as uh, to how that plays out. And, and you know, that, that's a lot predicated on or a lot of it's predicated on the idea that there's no great quarterback. Yes. In this year's it's NFL draft. draft, which is kind of uh, I mean, has it not dissipated a lot of interest no. in a you, you just a couple of weeks out? You're not, you're not hearing the kind of. Uh, you know, conversation uh, that you usually do, uh, all heated about what team should do this and who's going to be the number one pick and, uh, you know, who's the better quarterback, Marino or Montana, or any of this stuff. Uh, (laughs) Not happening around this year's draft, but still, I want to go there. Uh, You know, Bron, if you can arrange it, uh, you know, this uh, open letter to uh, the the head man here at at Believe Network. On air. (laughs) Our good friend, Bron. (laughs) Or any of the other executives here that are in charge of, uh, you know, putting this fine programming together for everybody. Uh, if we can get a freebie pass out there, uh, we want to cover the draft only because it's in Las Vegas. There would be no other reason to uh, be interested in this year's draft.
1: Pretty much. Yeah, what about our team? <laughs> Who cares? Then I even. Involved.
0: All right, and I want to party with Raj. I, I want to. I want to see Raj out there just making an absolute ass of himself, partying, shooting craps, roulette, everything. I mean, he's got plenty of cash. It's not like he has to worry about losing a couple of hundred at the track like no. I do, right? <laughs> I mean, so, don't uh,
1: losing thousands.
0: It would be great. But, I mean, I, I want to have the cell phone picture of Roger Goodell screaming and, like, firing a drink at the <laughs> bank of screens at Bally's. And, uh, you know, cursing out some referee because, uh, you know, he, he's betting other sports, uh, you know, because he, he can possibly. Well, the NFL's not in action right then. All right, so, uh, and, and then I can make my prop about whether or not Baker Mayfield is going to be starting in Saskatchewan. I, I would imagine you could get a pretty good uh, price a Great on that.
1: price. Yeah, he should still get an NFL job. So if he somehow ends up in Canada, that's a win.
0: Yeah. yeah. All right, uh, always a lot of fun, Luby. Uh, After Hours with yes, uh, Defoe and Luby. We had a lot of fun on our Ion Channel show. That, that's the program that we are now on After Hours from. Uh-huh. And you can catch that by Googling The Defoe Show. And, of course, it's always great being here on the Believe Network. Many other big things coming up during the course of the week. So uh, stick with us. Thanks for the downloads and thanks for the views. Tell your friends about it. After Hours with Defoe and Luby. For Mike Luby Lubitz, I'm Jeff DeForest. And I'm going to maintain this to my grave. No matter what else you do in life, keep this thought in mind. you got to believe. Hey, folks, Tony Segreto here. Let me ask you a question. What do you look for when you go out to eat? Good food, obviously, friendly atmosphere, not too loud, but good energy, reasonable prices, and a place where you feel comfortable. All those ingredients, (laughs) no pun meant there, are hard to find unless you're talking about the Texas Roadhouse. You see, they encompass all of those attributes. Really, really good food, amazing atmosphere, good for a family, good for a date, or just a night out for yourself, and prices that will make you extremely happy. Their ribs unmatched. Steaks hand-cut every day. Everything, and I mean everything, is made on-site, including their incredible bread. It's the one-day, folks, that you can forget about low-carb diets. Trust me when I tell you, Texas Roadhouse, your restaurant, your destination, when you say, where should we go
1: and eat tonight? Recently we realized it's not just hurricane season that can hurt us. Any time of year, things can happen to your home or business. And the insurance company can be your friend, but they also can be your enemy. Horizon Public Adjusters, Justina Testa, are here for you to help this process go so much easier. Before you call the insurance company, call Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa at 954-809-8752. Would you go into court without an attorney? So why would you go up against an insurance company without Horizon Public Adjusters and Justina Testa? Seven to 10 times more money recovered with a public adjuster than if you went on your own. If there's no recovery, there's no fee, give them a call at 954 809 8752 why go up against insurance companies alone you can have horizon public adjusters and justina testa on your side
0: for the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time there's granger offering professional grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need plus you can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you call